I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to No Small Questions, the show where we answer your burning questions about us, uh, about D&D, and of course, all things No Small Roles. Woo, 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 woo. I'm Vicky Gaskin. <clears throat> Pardon me, I've got a bit of a croaky voice today. It's the end of a long tour in the summer. Uh, yeah, I'm Vicky. I play Juna Septhorn in our main campaign, uh, as well as such characters as Rox Maestani, Gail, Barb, and Valerie in our fabulous spin-off episodes. Tonight, I will be grilling the one and only Baby David. Hello. Uh, yeah, but I am also here questioning you, Vicky. Yep, I'm David Knight, Dungeon Master of No Small Roles. Uh, and I have played some other characters in, in the little spin-offs. I, I was Darmayastani in uh, in our Candlekeep stuff. I played Aris Hemlock in the Wodenars episode. And uh, Ruana in... The, uh, the most recent, the familiar problem, Ruana and Company, um, which is currently a Patreon exclusive, but it's going to be hitting our main feed later this month. Uh, yeah, toward the end of October. So look out for that. Check it out. I've listen- listened to some of it and it is really good. It is lots of fun. It's really fun. Uh, so we are also joined by some of our patrons live in the Zoom. Hello, patrons. Hello. Uh, and they get to enjoy our every retcon in live time as well as getting to ask us questions yourself if you want to. So, yeah, if you think of any questions, let Ben know. He's behind the scenes pulling all the strings like Erida. Erida. Uh, Erida. So, first of all, spoiler alert, everybody. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. alert. Uh, We are going to be talking about episodes up to and including episode 77, The Crown's Wood. So if you're not up to date, hit the pause button, go back, have a listen and come back. Uh, this is your final warning. You have been warned. You've been warned. <laughs> that was the nicest way anyone has ever said you have been warned. <laughs> been warned? Actually, actually, you've been warned. Actually. You have been warned. You have been warned. <laughs> so tonight we will be asking questions sent in by you uh, and by the cast. And we got a few for each other, haven't we, baby David? I do. And I've got, uh, so yeah, the, the first one uh, <laughs> to, to kick us off. Uh, to throw over to you, Vicky. Um, sending or scrying? Now, if you had to <sighs> keep one and get rid of one, which way are you going? Where Where are your loyalties lying? Sending or scrying? Knee jerk reaction: sending. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah, I think I've had it for longer. I think yeah. scrying is fun. I feel like you get a lot of juicy gossip out of the scry, but that's true. You get more chats with the sending. Yeah, and I feel like sending is linking Juna to Ginger. So, uh huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I no, stick by my answer. answer. Do a bit of sending. They're sending. Um, and then, as a related question, we've got from Martin S. Uh, do you use sending and scrying more or less as a result of knowing that I, David, uh, will have to come up with something that is happening far away? Do you do it purposefully? Are you toying with me, Vicky? Well, I don't do it purposely, but I feel like I am toying with you. So <laughs> a mixture of the two. I do. Yeah, I, I like. And so David and I sometimes like I might give him a bit of a heads up if I'm like I'm thinking of doing a big scry. Yeah, you're very you're very good for like being like I'm going to message this person and look on this person and you give me a whole list of things that you might potentially do. Yeah, I think nice. it's it's nice. It gives you a moment to go. Oh, actually, I I feel like I'll get a better sending or scry for giving you a heads up, so you can yeah. give me some meat. You know. Yeah. Um. There there have been occasions when you have thrown one out um, yeah. that I wasn't expecting, but then we just do. <laughs> Speaking of fairly recently, where you were like, "Oh, I'm just gonna scry on Dwayne, see what Dwayne's doing." I'm like, I don't know. I've not spoken to Jeremy. I don't know what Dwayne's up to. Um, but this is where the power of editing comes in, because quite often we'll pause and I will step away for a second and do a little scribble of 25 words, or just have a moment to figure out, <laughs> work what out what's going on. That yeah. I never do on purpose. I think that's the thing with D and D, isn't it? Like, it's like life. You can plan this that and the other and then in the moment you're like this is what i want to do yeah. Uh, so yeah oh cool um, that's that's the short answer <laughs> <laughs> okay so our next question is a a live question we have uh ashley in the zoom with us right now and you've got a question for david hi guys hello hi, ashley. Uh, so for david has there been an instrument you've been tempted or have started to learn to add to the podcast? That's a great question. That is a really good question. I uh, am notorious for not being able to play instruments. Um, and yes, having then been spending a lot of time on my computer writing and scoring, and it's lovely and it's I love it so much. Um, <laughs> I have then slowly gathered other instruments in the house. I've got a guitar. I've got a, a violin with only two strings on. I've got a piano. Can't really play any of these things. I can just about play the ukulele. But I was seeing a thing the other day on the TikToks that <laughs> I was like, that's like, I love the sound of a cello. The chances of me ever actually being able to play a cello, fairly slim. I mean, never say never. But there was a, a thing that was, I think it's called like a pick a bow, which is, it's like the, a tiny little guitar pick with some um, almost like cello-like bowstring on it. And then you can use it on a guitar to make a cello-ish sound. It's, I'm I'm kind of obsessed. Anyway, I've ordered one. Um, <laughs> and then again, can't play the guitar, but I have one. And so I'm going to be sat there by myself, just like strumming away. Well, not really strumming, bowing away on my guitar. I feel like um, that is very Baby David to be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah, like, so you might, over the uh, once it's arrived and once I've gotten a handle on it, I might just have to, like, sneak it in to various points in upcoming episodes just so that, like, you know, you know, put some live sounds in there a bit more. Um, but yeah, so in short, tempted to learn, yes. Actually learned, no, I'm a very bad musician. 
You're also a very busy man. Many, many plates spinning. <laughs> I love plates. <laughs> Not all of them have smashed, so that's good. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, Ashley. That's a good question. It's a great question. Thank you, guys. So, throwing it over to you now, Vicky. We've got mm-hmm. one from James Blake, who has asked, if you could have changed one event during the campaign, uh, what would you change and why? Like, So, for example... Um, you might have decided to save Enkidu from dying, chosen someone else in that moment, for instance. Like, is there something that you'd you'd change? That. So there's, <laughs> that thing. <laughs> there's, two th- there's two things that I would have changed. The first is when we were in the corridors and when we were voting for the person who uh, end- ended up dying and being sort of changed... If Juna had picked anyone else in the party, it would have been Juna who would have gone rather than Enkidu. Mm. Um, and so I would have just picked someone else. And I, I remember I let fate decide and rolled a dice. I rolled a die, sorry. Um, and it was Enkidu. And so, yeah, I would pick anyone else in the party, therefore saving Enkidu. And it would sit much better with Juna that it was her that died than Enkidu mm. dying. And the other thing that I would change is not leading Kral to Rwanda. Oh, really? Yeah, I I think about that a lot. I think <laughs> it was it was really bad. You know, we didn't do it on purpose, but I just think like I love I mean I, I love Rwanda the familiar, yeah. but I loved Rwanda the character. I feel like Juna really felt a connection to her and then mm-hmm. she died basically saving us. So um that would be my less obvious one yeah well, yeah. i do wonder how things might have turned out differently in all of that yeah I feel like i mean he still probably would have uh i mean he was already raising dead animals so that like kind of thing would have it might not have been on such a big scale um and you might have i mean if ruana had survived not saying <laughs> maybe you should have done this but if you're if ruana had survived <laughs> like she might have been able to then like help in some way like protect the town from him um, and I feel like that henge is very, very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, now that we are thinking more about henges, um, I, yeah, it, like I'm just like, what, what is going on at the Tillisham henge? And if Ruana was there, I, Vicky, and I, Juna, would would feel much, much better about that. So yeah, yeah that would be yeah the other the other thing, the less obvious thing that I would change. Uh, David Bebedi. On on a similar vibe, Grace has a question for you. Okay. And her question is, are there any paths you wish the party had taken, but it's now too late to incorporate? So what should we have done (laughs) is essentially her question. What what plot lines have I had to trim? Uh, (laughs) And is saving Ruana one of those? (laughs) Um, Oh, that is an interesting one. I feel like... You've hit a lot of the plot points that I have planned for. I mean, like, I'm not like, I, I am sort of leading, letting the planning, whilst I have grand plans and answers for many things, um, have followed where you're going. So like laid to the track for you rather than laying too far out to the sides. There, I was thinking the other day, and I can't really talk about it just in case I do use it, but there is like a whole section of stuff that I'm almost a little bit worried won't come in. Um, but it might almost have to be like i might have to leave it for like post campaign like little adventures if we if we get to that point you know um oh baby david 
What are you doing to us? It's so teasing. Um, or, I mean, there's always... I, I had planned <laughs> many more Twain Tide Tea challenges. So we could have we could have done more of those <laughs> if you'd, yeah, if you'd gone down other... If the world had not been completely falling apart around exactly, us while we were doing yeah. the... the yeah. I mean, the duck hunt, like... The, I, you know, oh, I changed my last and... answer. My biggest regret <laughs> is that we didn't do the duck hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I might just tell you. So the duck hunt is that it's basically just a little cross city, um, uh, like scavenger hunt, following signs and statues. Which then lead you eventually down a little a little alleyway would have done down a little alleyway to a little courtyard where there was a statue of like the mayor's favorite duck uh, in a little like in a little courtyard. And just reaching that point, you would have gotten a spoon. Oh, I feel like that could very easily be a little one shot, right? Oh yeah, finding the duck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ben looks very excited right now, <laughs> <laughs> nodding in his little Zoom box. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, one other thing that like you you did miss, but again, tied in with the twenty tournament in Forlos Vale, um, is that if you'd one of the the challenges there was a history lesson, right? You could have gone to um, one of the schools and ha- basically you would have had to sit through a history lesson. Uh, but to make like to make that more than just like you sitting there and listening to some exposition about the city, blah blah blah, uh, that is also where and I've completely forgotten his name now. What's the little boy from the Vondell family called? Oh, God. I don't have my notes in front of me. Austin. Austin. It sounds a bit like Austin. Oskin. Oskin. That's right. Pip uh, is thumbs upping, and I trust you, Pip. <laughs> this is why the super fans are amazing. They yeah. just got the answers to all of the notes in my head. Thanks, 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 everyone. Um, yeah. So if you'd gone to the school and listened through the history lesson as you come out, Oskin Vondell, little boy, <gasps> now in care of Berrien had been placed into this school as like this is now your education and he would have gone off on you he he wouldn't have been in a in a happy little state because ultimately oh God. he as he sees it from a child's point of view you know you are the reason that he's now in this situation but, but at least he's not dead he's he's not dead yeah. he's in a safe place he's having his education so silver linings for him i know it's all under Berrien's care so maybe not silver linings yeah but that's where he is at the moment this is so juicy. Juice, juice, juice coming out all over the place, baby David. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So, yeah, talking like plot points and stuff. I mean, Juna being a, a seven-petal flower, one of mm. one of the petals, uh, superfan Sam uh, has a question for you. Um, and then I've got a whole bunch of follow-up questions. Have you? Um, yeah, I genuinely <laughs> did. Um so, Superfan Sam's question, have any doubts begun to creep into Juna's mind about her role within the Seven Petals? Um, and then sort of as part of it, like, how much flexibility did you give me when you came up with the concept? Like, where did the concept come from? So, the concept came from, it was a discussion between us kind of at the beginning. I think, because mm. obviously I've played a lot of D&D with you, Baby David, before. Um, nope. <laughs> just say No. You know. I thought you were like, no. I was like, nope. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty sure we did uh, an entire seven-year campaign. A whole seven-year campaign, yeah. Um, (laughs) And what what everyone now knows about you, um, but didn't necessarily know before this started, is how great you are at, like, 
taking ideas that we give you and weaving them in in these like fantastic ways that we could never dream up ourselves. So I knew that I wanted a part of my character to be really like up for interpretation by Mm. you as the DM. And so, yeah, when I was thinking about the seven petaled flower, I, I think I said to you, like, this is what Juna believes about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can decide how true that is in the world. So what I know is what Juna knows, which is that she trusts it implicitly. And there isn't any doubt in her mind about the role in the sort of seven petal flower. And I think she very much says that she's for the balance, but I think her belief structure is so that she thinks that everyone believes that they're for the balance until told otherwise. So Mm. I think there's no doubt sort of in her mind about like that, like what it is, what it stands for. Um, But I know behind it (laughs) that David can do anything he wants with that belief system. And (laughs) It does. I I do feel very vulnerable because I feel like you know, mm. obviously in in the back of our minds we have this time scale where Ginger is on a bison getting gradually closer and closer, and eventually, hopefully, um, we will meet Ginger and she's someone who Juna really trusts with her life. So, um, yeah, I guess I just have sort of left myself open to David really playing with the moral compass of Juna where she actually is yeah. like, and I think, you know, with the introduction of Kierda and how he has been trained completely differently from Juna. Like I remember like that episode being like, God, this throws a real spanner in the works because Juna just assumed she would meet another gnome and they would say all the same stuff that she believes in. <laughs> Everyone's sort of being taught the same thing, but he, yeah. And he very much isn't. And so, yeah, to answer the second part of the question, David has complete flexibility with, yeah, how it works, whether whether we will meet any more gnomes, like all of that. It's just, yeah, something that I wanted to give Juna, but to give to give you loads and loads of playing space to how that sort of manifests in the campaign. But I do like being at the mercy of Baby David DM. It's very exciting. Oh, well, I'm taking. Yeah. I'm try, I hope I'm taking good care of you in that. Like and like, it. What is nice is yeah that you've sort of given like the outline of something, but said it's almost like like a coloring book. You've gone like here's the picture, color it in mm. how you want. But so, but like, so I know like what the rough outline is, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I, a lot of Juna for me, this wasn't like part of the design of Juna, but I think like from where I come from as a, like in my spirituality, which is mm-hmm. I've realized in my adult life that I grew up with no religion around me at all, which I didn't think was an unusual thing. I just thought you you didn't have religion until you had it. And so I'm very like interested and intrigued by the idea of organized religion of spirituality and sort of in my in my adult life I've sort of come to a much more like secular like wiccan witchy side of spirituality so I do like I'm very interested in yeah like how beliefs work and how much should you trust them and shouldn't you trust them so I guess there's a bit of that in it as well for a bit of more of a serious answer that's really cool yeah for where like Juna is now sort of just heading into the crown's woods just dealing with some some bugs buying that buying her friends um how like is she still with everything she's been through has, is she still re- quite secure in her belief or like is that like beyond this meeting kid a moment 
Is there anything that's making her assess it more? Not yet. Mm-hmm. I would say she's still very, yeah, like she's sort of a you know a couple of hundred years into this belief. So I think it's going to take more to derail her than someone not having the exact same belief system. Yeah, I think I think she's definitely struggled with um, Ginger saying like don't have anything to do with Kieda and I'm coming, uh, and also just being very drawn to Kieda. I think that's rumpled her somewhat. But not derailed her belief system, yeah. Yeah. What do you think when eventually, or if eventually, hopefully you will, um, meet Ginger, what do you think Ginger's going to say about that whole thing? Like, what? Uh, yeah, what what is Juno expecting from it, from Ginger? I think it changes. I think, like, initially I think she's like, shit, I'm in trouble. Because Ginger only appears at key moments. So I think the fact that she's like, I'm coming straight away. I think June is like, like I'm in trouble. Then I think she went through a bit of a like, is this the sort of next chapter in her learning as a petal person, not a petal mm. person, like a, as a flower gnome? Like, yeah. is is Ginger gonna share something new with her, which I think she still thinks might happen? Uh, Golems of fun was a big moment for Juna, like with regards yeah. to Ginger, where she's like. Because Ginger was already on her way, wasn't she, I think, when that came out? Was she? I think so. I can't remember. Yeah. I uh, think was... she I don't know. No, that was that Was, was that before? Yeah. It was pre kid But I think, yeah, I think the fact that she was like, yeah, golems sound fun. Like, with regards to a massive golem army that, like, threatens the future of the world. <laughs> uh, so I there think... Is, there is a flippancy in that, isn't there? Like, yeah. big army, great. Yeah. <laughs> so I think... I think there's a lot of like, like nerves, like before you go on stage kind of thing, or like nerves before you do a bungee jump where you're mm. sort of like a, a bit unsure about what's going to happen, but kind of looking forward to it at the same time. Yeah. Small pause. I've just realized I'm not wearing my headphones. <laughs> Sorry, editor. I'm David, put your mind. headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> I got so carried away with the chatting. You're well, in trouble now. I'm very sorry, everybody. I'm a professional. Are they plugged in? No. <laughs> what is Ginger going to say about that then, David? Oh, she's going to have words with me. I'm sorry, Ginger. <laughs> Hello, regular listeners. Um, if you're wondering why my uh, my voice has just changed, it might have done. Uh, I didn't have my headphones plugged in, did I? Well, <laughs> now they are. On with the show. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so then my follow-up to all and all of this, when you are actually in front of Ginger, how much is Juna going to tell her? Or or like almost the opposite, like how much is, Ju- is Juna going to hold back from like sharing with Ginger? Are you going to use this against me? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I'm, like... I'm going to give you the honest answer anyway, because I can't do anything else. <laughs> I like... <sighs> I reserve the right to change my mind in gameplay. Yeah. But I think she's going to be very open and honest with her. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think she's she's the person Juna trusts the most. So I think I think she's going to really hope that Ginger can like help. So I think mm. she feels like a it's her duty to tell her everything, but also I think she will want to. I think she'll be really excited to see her. Because yeah. Ginger is 
I, don't, I mean, I don't know how much I've gone into the history of like Juno with everyone, but obviously you and I know that like she had a natural family that she was taken away from as she was born and raised by Ginger. So Ginger's sort of the only real family that exists because she is a flower gnome. So I think, mm-hmm. I think it's, um, yeah, I think that's, she, I think she'll be very much like, this is everything that's happened. What do I do? And I think, you know, depending on what Ginger says, I don't know if that's going to align with what the Fate Mark V are doing. So I think that's going to be a really interesting moment for Juna if that doesn't marry up. Yeah, there's going to be a bit of... But don't take that as an idea. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about everybody else's reactions. Like, you just know, like, Enkidu is always very protected of, of like, the information that everyone mm. knows. Um, and I think he's particularly... He's skeptical he, about ginger he's very anyway. Skeptical he? about ginger, and I think Guy was as well. Yeah. So how much they're going to be like? No, don't tell her. But also, she has been like she has been journeying for quite a while. Yeah. And, you know, you check in with her about various other things, so she might, you know, she's got some loose threads of like what you've been up to. Yeah. You've asked her about henges. You've asked her about um, about golem armies. She knows about that. Yeah. So she's not completely out of the loop. No, but yeah, and, be interesting. And yeah, like you see. say, she's travelled a really long way. <laughs> she's she's acquired a bison. She's acquired a bison. <laughs> cool. Uh, let's open it up to um, people in the Zoom again. We've got we've got more questions. We've got Ashley again, and he's got a question for you, David. Again. Oh, fun. Yeah. Hello again. Hey, Ash. So, um, David, if you didn't play Rwanda. What familiar would you have gone with? Oh, in the familiar problem uh, yeah. side miniseries. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I can't remember the full list. What was really nice about that is just seeing like everybody be silly animals. What would I have gone with? I think I would have gone with some kind of reptile. Maybe like a snake or something, if that was allowable. Ooh. Yeah, I feel there were a lot of birds playing around. I know Ben was playing a little gecko, but even that mm. gecko chameleon was also a bird, technically. So yeah, I think I'd go with a with a with a snake if I was allowed. That's fun. That's different. You're um, so slithering. <laughs> uh, what can I say? Represent. <laughs> uh, but I'd have no idea how they would have tied in with like it was really like Grace did an excellent job of running that that little game like i basically said like she she asked me oh like you know are there are there any guidelines are there anything that i'm i am allowed to do i'm not allowed to do and i was like no have fun like like we know roughly what it is that we're trying to do ruana's going after after that little volpertinger but everything else have free reign so to turn up and have like this entire village that she'd created of like stuff going on and then have everybody's animals like into like woven into like the fabric of the village as well it was really cool um so yeah, I'm sure there would have been space for a snake outside of uh <laughs> outside of all of that. Um I don't know, maybe carrying the wedding rings or something. Uh that's what I would have gone with. And for Fiki, if you got to play in it, what car- what would you have been if you couldn't play Rwana? Um so I've only listened to I think the first fifteen minutes of a familiar problem. I've been really enjoying it. So my answers are gonna be rogue. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been fun to have played Russell. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if he features in the latter portions, um, but I think that would have been quite fun to have just sort of turned up and 
been him. Being, being the antagonist of, of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, like, I would have loved to have played something really, like, cute, like a little kitten or a bunny rabbit and been really fierce, like, I'm not cute. Stop telling me I'm cute. Like, that kind of character, I think, would have been fun. Yeah, that's good. As I like, re- not knowing the fabric of the story. Yeah. You should you should listen to the rest of it. I yeah, there was a lot of fun and pure chaos in in the second episode, especially. Oh, I'm uh, very excited to listen to it. Yeah. I yeah, I loved the the bit that I've listened to is is really fun and really funny. How about you, Ashley? If you were a yeah. familiar, what what kind of animal would you be? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I think I think I would be something like flying. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. not, maybe not a bird, but like maybe um, homebrew, like sort of like the bird characteristics, but like a um, pseudo dragon. Ah, uh, yeah, like a little. I always, I always think, yeah, those tiny like flying, flying snakes as well. I mean, leaning it back into the snakes, like a really cool little things, and so to have like a little pseudo dragon. Okay, so it's <sighs> we've got bunny rabbit, snake, and pseudo dragon. The three of us on a little adventure. Can I adventure. change my answer to cute Almirage just because I don't feel magical enough? <laughs> sure, sure. And between the three of us, we will cause chaos. Yeah! <laughs> chaos is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ashley. That's good questions. That was good. I, yeah, no, that was a fun little mini-series. That was really, really fun. Um, and speaking of Grace, uh, apparently she's got a question for us both, Vicky. Okay. Uh, she wants to know who our favourite NPCs from recent episodes have been. Petra. I love Petra. Me too. Yeah. And obviously she is currently off with Orin. So we will be seeing her again, which is very exciting. I, yeah, I loved when you would first described her when she was in the bell jar. And there's something kind of exciting about <laughs> how much do we trust her? I don't know. <laughs> um, I, 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 is she I, a safe person? Is she a safe person? Who knows? Um yeah, it is the last day. This isn't a spoiler. Uh, but I love that, like, she's gathering allies and we are like, oh, so she's doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, love, I love the way yeah. you play her. There's, yeah. There's, I think, I think, like, I feel about Petra like I felt about you playing Lady Vondell. There are these, there's a certain type of, like, female energy that you just get so right, David. <laughs> and I just love it. I do love Petra. Like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of her personality just comes from me trying to put my voice as high as possible. <laughs> it's just, hello, everything's it's okay, all okay, and I'm in charge and stuff. And it's like, as as, as long as I can throw it up there as like as high as I can go, then the like the rest of her kind of follows. Yeah, it really, really does. Fun. It really yeah. does. Um, for me though, like. I want more Eustace in the oh, show, and I yeah. know he's only—he's like a little—he's—he's he's been barding and he's off barding now. But I loved him so much. I agree, Eustace and we all tried to end. get in there with him, didn't we? Everybody was trying it Everyone on. Everyone wanted a bit of Eustace. Yeah, but you know he had his eye on Gaius. So. He did. His eye on Guy. Is that he had his eye on Guy? I mean, get out of the way, everybody else. I don't bard blame on, him. Bard on bard. How do we like it? Bard on bard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great question, Grace. Thank you. Thanks. Um, I've got a question now from Superfan Sam. Mm. Uh, he would like to know, David, mm. were you prepared and planned for the scrying on Gwen's mother? 
Uh, was it something you were anticipating? And did you have a backup vision if June had decided to scry at a later opportunity? So I know we've sort of touched on this, but specifically mm. that that scry, because that was a bit of an epic scry. It was a that big was... reveal as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's so funny because it basically with... Um, Again, you had let me know in advance that you wanted to scry on Gwendolyn's mum, which is really, you know, it's very helpful to have a little bit of a of a, a pre-plan. Um, but like alongside like thinking, oh, what is she up to at the moment? Um, and also in like so many ways, how can I bring her from Orkosh in a completely different <laughs> country? It's nowhere near the plot at all. Like, how can I bring her closer and like into the plot? Um which like, I love so many... that instead of just being like, yeah, she's just sort of sitting around cooking in all costs. chilling somewhere else, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that would have been uh, the second scry if you'd gone in for another one. It would have, <laughs> and now she's just having dinner, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, at the same time, I was then like thinking and planning about what has Orin been up to and like what is, what is Petra mm. doing? And I was like, those two things marry up so beautifully, so nicely, so... Yeah, just like bring them both down into Mervai. Petra's there looking for uh, yeah. for allies. And again, it kind of makes sense in like the time period stuff. Like Petra's been out of action for about 30 years. You know, like I know Gwendolyn's about 20, but like it kind of like it can kind of match up that Sigrid was perhaps like crossing into the country uh, like around that long ago, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, sort of doing the like some of the sort of more infiltration-y stuff is how she met then... Um, uh, Gwendolyn's dad so like was there something else with her coming in and out of the country in my head I'm like yeah it could kind of make sense if Petra has like a little connection there mm-hmm. um, so yeah it, it it kind of it all lined up so nicely and neatly and also then made for brilliant. a juicy moment yeah it was like oh yeah here's what it is and also haha a little hint as to what Orion's been up to and when you were saying like what they were wearing and where they were, did you mm-hmm. know that Daryl would immediately put, would that Enkidu would put those two things together? Yeah, yeah. Like as soon as I said gold cloaks, like <laughs> I could see Daryl's face be like, <laughs> <laughs> like he knew instantly what was happening. Yeah, it was very um, clever. Again, like that's that's something we've like dis- in discussion with Daryl, like about his backstory, that like he'd been a gold cloak for a bit, he'd done training in the palace. So like I was like. I'm placing it exactly like all of the clues are there for the party to tear apart. Mm. Um, it's very cool. It is cool. And did you know, this is just, I'm just going to quiz you about that particular scrying in the hope of getting more information. Um, <laughs> did you know what Gwen's mom looked like until the scry? Like, had you, had you created Sigrid or was it that when we scryed on her, you were like, okay, she's got to be this physical being now. I, again, it's like, partly down to you being so helpful and letting me know i'd very sneakily just like had a whole chat about secret with gwendolyn to the point that oh. i was like like you know let's just check in like the name is on my notes is going to be what it like you still feel like you want it to be and like you know what does she maybe look like 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 what what do you know about your mum to like basically picked grace's mind on like all of the information that she had um and then like fed it in um so yeah i knew ahead of time like who then sigrid was a bit more and like her position um so yeah it was it is it is it's really fun to have like 
like in the moments for the creative the creativity but it's also i for me personally find it so helpful just having like just that little bit of a heads up you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) just just enough that i can go oh cool and like again like for the listeners vicky has has got quite a long list at various points being like i want to tick this off at some point i'm not saying like i'm going to do it next record or anything like that but you know this is what i'm thinking about and when i get the opportunity so I feel like I've I've had enough time to play with so many different answers and so many different like scenes and moments. Um, <laughs> also, now I've just got a running thing in my own DM notes at the top of the, each like episode is just like sending and scrying. So <laughs> I've just got like a list of like just in case anything comes up this episode, <laughs> this is where the different characters are at. You're very clever, baby David. Nah, so. Yeah, the, coming back to like the Ruana chat. Uh, question from you for you, uh, Vicky from Flufto Beans. Um, are there Great any forms? Name. I know. By the way, I love it. are there any forms that you're really excited to have Ruana take? She's a bloodhound at the moment. I think she is. Uh, or is this like in the future? Or excited that she has to? I'll answer both of them. Yeah. Um, I love that she's a bloodhound mainly. Because uh, as a bloodhound, she has the smell of the faceless footman. So my hope is that even if she does change form, she will always be able to return to a bloodhound and smell the faceless footman. We won't Mm -hmm. know this until that event happens. If she does change shape again, I don't know. Until it's too late. (laughs) Until it's too late. (laughs) Uh, Are there any? I mean, now that you've mentioned a pseudo dragon, that would be cool, right? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Uh, I do think I've, I can't remember who I spoke to about this. I I was talking to someone about it because when I first had Ruana, um, like many things in D&D, I didn't know what the like normal way to play a familiar is and that most people play their familiar as one animal. I thought it was very normal for just it to be different animals. So I feel like, I don't know, like, It'd be nice further down the line if she sort of finds her creature, but oh, a bit I, like, I don't know um, how that would go. Like 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 demons from yeah. uh, dark materials. Yeah. So maybe, you know, she'll start preferring different uh what are they different called? Forms. Like different forms to others. But um yeah. yeah. I feel like like being a bloodhound does suit her quite a lot. Mm. But also like every time she's in some kind of bird form as well. Like both of those, I know they're very different, but they both feel very Ruana. Yeah, I feel like also Ruana arrived as a raven. So I feel like there is something quite bird-like about her. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Only Ruana knows. (laughs) (laughs) Not the two people who have ever played her. Not, yeah, not us who control her within yeah. this imaginary game we that we play. Can't speak for her. No, we've got no idea what she's thinking or feeling. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, moving on. Floof Tobeans also has a question for you, David. Fun. Uh, with folk stories becoming such a theme at the moment, are mm. there any IRL folk tales that you've used as inspiration? Uh, uh yes. Um. Can I tell you what they are off the top of my head now? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just so you listen, as you know, Floof Tobins is in the chat and I can see Floof nodding, <laughs> thumbs upping. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I love folk stories. I love how, like, I mean, I grew up reading, like, all of the classic Greek myths that everybody knows. Yeah. You know, your Arachne and, you know, Troy and Hercules and all of that. Um, but what's been amazing the more I've grown up is and just how the world has is, is developed over the past 30 odd years. Oh, gosh, I'm getting into my 30s. Um, is how many like more like how access to like so many folk stories from everywhere have really come about i've been like going to the library with my little one um and like getting comp compilations of of stories from around the world and they're so much fun to read and they're, they're so like they're because each one is like a little like they're normally like a five page story really you can boil them down to just how bizarre <laughs> all of these old stories really are when you get into them you're just like oh cool and that's what and, and yeah sure and now he's a cockroach yeah and that's just how that story goes um there, there we read like um uh, we were reading some nordic ones the other day um and like there was this whole fact in it that i was like i didn't even realize that was a thing in like these old nordic culture uh, nordic culture it starts with loki fishing uh, and he catches an otter and he kills the otter Anyway, it turns out that Otter was actually a shape-shifting brother. Um, and the other brothers turn up and like, oh my God, you've killed our brother. And Loki's like, oh, don't worry about it because I can just pay you. And they were like, oh yeah, because that was fine back then. If you did a murder, you just pay the money and everyone is happy with it. <laughs> Apparently, that's fine. <laughs> Obviously, like the story then goes on and like, you know, the, the gold is cursed and the brothers become greedy. One of them turns into a dragon. And then the, like the story goes even further on and like somebody hunts down the dragon and all the rest of it. But I was just like, that's such a, like, as like just even just that little like concept of like dropping that into a culture somewhere in in our D and D world of just being mm. like oh yeah feel free to murder like as long as you pay for it it's great <laughs> it's not great like it's like you've settled the debt you've settled the score <laughs> with gold so your little uh, one is learning valuable life lessons valuable life lessons <laughs> maybe I shouldn't read that one to her again <laughs> good point <laughs> um yeah where do you like because you write a lot of these little folk stories. Vicky, like, where do you mm. pull your inspirations from? All of Juna's stories come from ideas, I guess, rather than, like, actual stories. So I think, yeah, with all of them, it's, it's like, mm. what, what is the message that Juna is telling mm -hmm. and then turning that into a, a metaphor? Yeah, I think that's where that comes from. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love, like, growing up, I loved stories, like... Grimm's fairy tales, like mm -hmm. classic, classic, um, I guess, like Western literature that, you know, things like Peter Pan, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Juno's stories are very much, this is the idea. Let's work back at what that metaphor is. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think when you hear a story and you're like, oh, that's what that means. Like, I guess Aesop's fables is that kind of vibe, isn't it? Where it's yeah. about animals, but you're like, okay, okay. Yeah, and it's especially, like, that is what's really nice about the stories that you've then come up with is that, I feel like I've said this before, is that, like, the characters get something out of it, but then everybody sat at the table is like, oh, yeah, that's a really good way to look at those kinds of problems, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, yeah, like, maybe I can apply that in my life. Yeah. There's, yeah. I, think, I think we've recorded them, but they've not been released. There's a couple of quite, like intricate dark ones coming up <laughs> I feel like Juna and Vicky take a turn <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like a lot of the stuff we've got coming up is like oh okay we're we're into the serious 
<laughs> yeah. We've had yeah, our twain yeah, yeah. tied tea fun. Yeah. Now we've got to get into into the seriousness of it. Yeah. Oh, this is fun. I've got a question uh, for both of us from Ross Meekle. Rhymes with treacle. Hi, Ross. Um, with Doctor Who approaching its 60th anniversary, how would each of the Fate Mark Five be as a companion of the Doctor? That's really fun. I'm going to let you answer this because I don't know very much about Doctor Who. I'm afraid. I'm really sorry. That's okay. So you can um, answer and then I'll like well, chime in. It's more, I suppose the question is how, if each of them were, were traveling through time uh, with someone who was perhaps slightly more unhinged than they were, how would they, how would they deal with that? I don't know if any, any of them would become love interests. Maybe Gaius. <laughs> Maybe Gaius would be a, a, a doctor love interest. I feel like Juna could get on board with a, a time traveling unhinged person. That sounds like she could really go there. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like a lot of them would kind of like lean into that. Yeah. So my answer, Ross, is going to be fuck buddy. <laughs> yes. I mean, the, to be fair, that the doctor would be older than Juna. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder. I feel like Orin and the doctor would like, would really like click on the whole sciencey front. Um, and Kida would definitely be in with like, let's help everybody we come across. Uh, like we have to like interject as much as possible to like do the right thing and like help the right person Gwendolyn would be down for all of the just the adventure shenanigans um and yeah and then Gaius would be flirting and romancing that's I think that's what the guy the, the state that Gaius would be in and what about Juna what do you think Juna would would actually do I think Juna would in a similar way that she's doing with the with the party like she really looks after them like she's like, oh yeah, we're all going on. Like oh, we're having a lovely time. Oh, we're dealing with the problems, but also, has everybody had a cup of tea? Like, are you okay? Do you want to <laughs> sit and talk about your it? Mental health. Have you addressed <laughs> And I feel like she'd be doing that with the doctor, who notoriously avoids like all of their of their own like personal issues as much as possible. So June would be constantly by like, come come sit down. Stop stop running around, doctor. Come on, let's have a chat and a cup of tea. <laughs> Thank you, Ros. That was really fun. <laughs> and I feel fun. like I've learned something about Doctor Who as well. So it was really educational. Our next question is from Alice, who is in the Zoom. Alice, would you like to ask the question for yourself? Hi! Yay! Hi, Hi Alice! Alice. Um, so my question is, it's kind of been covered uh, in Deacon Debrief a little bit with David, but definitely not with Vicky. So post-gruesome adventures, mm -hmm. do you like... Oh, sorry, I've got to do the voice. Do you like scary movies? Um, <laughs> and if so, which is your favourite? I like some scary movies, but not all of them. I, 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 I'm very, very squeamish, so I'm not a gore person. So I've never seen any of the Saw movies. So it definitely wouldn't be then. And obviously the <laughs> end of the gruesome adventures, I found very intense. Um, and, and, and yeah, I do like scary movies, but like I still have nightmares about the Blair Witch Project from, I mean, when did that come out? Like around the millennium? Like, <laughs> so I like being scared. Jump scary ones are my safe place with scary movies or mm. Hocus Pocus. Um, is, is Hocus Pocus a scary movie? <laughs> Uh, it's got witches. I thought I'd drop movie. it in there. <laughs> so yeah, like things like things like Scream. I really love Scream because I can be scared, but then when I go to bed at night, I'm 
I it's like in that world. Whereas I'm like, is the Blair Witch gonna get me? Or um like is the ring gonna happen and so oh, it's yeah. gonna come out of my TV screen. So I guess my answer is I do like scary movies when I can leave them in the movie and and not worry that they're gonna get me. Yeah. Certain ones. <laughs> hostel. Yeah. Hostel really got me. All of the like cutting things off and that kind of stuff. Nah, that's not for me. To offer a film not to watch then, don't watch Smile, Vicky. Don't even try that. Okay, I won't. I watched the first, again, (laughs) 10 minutes and I was like, and I'm putting that one off. We're done. We're done, Smile. Goodbye. So, yeah, I'll that one. Thank you. Not good. I mean, it's good, but it's not, it's no. I think my favourite one, I don't even know if this is a scary movie, but my favourite, like, scary-ish movie is The Orphanage. The uh, Spanish one, or Spanish yeah. language. It was very clever, and it was just scary enough, and I could put it to bed. <laughs> How about you, Alice? Are you are you a horror fan? Uh, yeah, I am, actually. Ooh. I really enjoyed Smile. I thought it was great. I just couldn't get, like, just that very first scene in the, literally the first, yeah, like, Smile great. scene. I was like, oh, cool. Before, before the title of the film came up, I was like, man, I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's your what's your yeah. go-to horror what's your what's uh, your favorite scary movie <laughs> yay um <laughs> probably scream actually i have rewatched that so many times it's so great because i think it gets better once you know who did it because then you're just watching it going oh it's that one that's doing it now mm. and that kind of mm-hmm. try not to do spoilers for a 30 year old I feel like as well with Scream, like it came out at, ju- I was just the right age when it came out to like be slightly too young to really see it in the cinema, but did, you know? <laughs> I felt badass and I feel very soft core when it comes to horror movies, Alice. <laughs> cool, thank you. Thank, right, you. thank you, Alice. And it's good to see you. Yeah, it's lovely <laughs> to see you. That was a fun little gruesome adventure, actually, with Deacon. It was And great. it's going to have no repercussions with the main story at all. Definitely. So. <laughs> um, do, you know, do you know what, David? I was talking to Daryl the other day saying that we oh. should do a little getaway and recording episodes again. We should. It was That's lovely. Really it was lovely. Let's do another one. Let's do it again. Let's play um, D&D. <laughs> So to start rounding it out, uh, as I can have a look at the time, see that we're getting close to the end. Um, Vicky, one for you, another one from Grace. Uh, She says, Juna has a really useful set of spells building up. How does it feel having her as the super spy of the party? And was this always the intention or did it just kind of happen? It just kind of (laughs) happened. I I think if you'd have said to me, this is the character that Juna is going to become, I would have said, I don't want to play her. I think, oh, really? Yeah, I think, um, and I re- like, I remember like putting Juna together as a character, like mechanically, and being like, "Well, she needs a bit of fighting." I can't play a character that doesn't like do fighting, mm. and I think a couple of the spells that I've replaced have been those sort of fighty spells along the way. But I think I was coming off the back of playing, you know, like a level twenty barbarian, so your head kind of goes to the last key character you've played, right? Yeah. And so I think I... Th- that safe I... space of, like, knowing how that works. Yeah, exactly. And I thought she'd be much more, I guess, like, Yoda than she is. Um... <laughs> Yoda from, like, 
like the prequel series or Yoda from like, I'm a little old guy in a cave. A bit of both. Walking around my swamp. I guess maybe not like, like uh, not maybe doing flips early, and stuff. Maybe earlier Yoda, yeah, more flippy Yoda, like sure. a bit more, yeah, a bit more fighty. But I guess that's that's why it's great when you level up, right? Because then you make these mm-hmm. decisions. There was one decision that was made by the patrons. I can't remember what spell it was, but there was a vote. Yeah, there was so, a vote for for which spell to choose. I think it might have been Zone of Truth. I Which think is that coming was clutch, spell. actually, a couple it of times as well. It has really, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like, I guess that's why it's really nice to level up because then you're like, oh, well, she's sort of turning into this kind of person. And until I until I heard that, I didn't ever really think of her as like a sp- spy character, but I guess she is. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing. She has become, like, information gatherer for the yeah. party, which is what's amazing about it. Like, fully is the what. And that's what's really, really, really helpful as like a plot point, plot device, is that I can like let you guys know some of the larger stuff that's happening without you guys having to be there because of Juna. Yeah. <laughs> Juna's, Juna's like, let me just check in on all of the other B plots, shall we? What's happening? Great. And I could be like, great. Look, everyone, things are moving Lovely. around. Lovely. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, that's, that's the new that's the new communication where you tell me who to scry on, who to, <laughs> yeah. who to send ascending to. I just really need you to check in on Berion at this time. <laughs> something not saying anything's going to happen, we but something might happen. Berion. We definitely should scry on Berion. <laughs> you should, shouldn't we? Should, yeah. We definitely should. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think as well. Like what I what I love about the spy side of Juna is that we get to have fun. And it was really nice as well, Ben, yeah. when, you know, Orin went off and Juno was sending, like, that kind of stuff. I quite like that, like, mischievous we're doing these things. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, you have been very cheeky on, like, <laughs> contacting actual other people and getting them to record responses and stuff as well and being like, don't worry, it's all, here it is. Yeah. 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 Without yeah. any of the rest of the party knowing. Yeah. I basically like secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we are we are running out of time, baby David. But I have one more question for you. Yeah, I think I which, know what's coming. Which is in the form of a spell. So uh, <laughs> you had a delivery earlier. I understand. <laughs> I had a very confusing delivery to my house, everybody. Um, which I'm just going to show everybody that's in the chat. Uh, whilst Vicky, if you want to explain anything, give me two seconds. So I will be casting divination on baby David. <laughs> and as such, I have sent him 25 gold pieces, pounds worth of flowers to be able to cast this spell this evening. <laughs> this is what arrived at my door. 25 pounds worth of flowers, everybody. You can hear that rustling. There you go. Lovely audio. 25 pounds worth of sunflowers. At my house. And I was like, what is this? My wife going, who's sending you flowers? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Yo. She plays D&D. She gets, she gets it. it. She plays a spellcaster. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm taking this shit seriously, baby David. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, you've paid the spell fee. I, I, I assume I have to answer. Fee. Yeah. So I will <laughs> cast divination. And the question I'm going to ask is... Who can we trust? Oh, yeah. Okay. And just so everyone knows, I gave him no heads up with this at all. 
<laughs> Zero I heads just, up. Well, I tried. I tried to. Pass. I tried to put on the Instagram post that came out the other day. Uh, I'd like to cast divination on baby David, and I genuinely will send you twenty five pounds worth of flowers. And then Instagram gave me a warning, so I rephrased it with twenty five gold pieces, and Instagram banned me from posting for twenty four hours. So. Because she was trying to bribe me is what Instagram for <laughs> violating the rules, sending people money across the internet. <laughs> yep, violating the community <laughs> rules of Instagram with a divination spell. So yeah, just so you all know, don't try and cast divination uh, over Instagram. Um, so yeah, subsequently, baby David had no idea <laughs> what it all means. I want to give you a fun answer. Uh, who can you trust? Yeah. And and Ben Ben has suggested that you can answer with flower interpretation, if you would like. Uh, no, I'm going to give you two words. <gasps> Your friends. <laughs> that face, Vicky. <laughs> That's I've spent twenty five genuine pounds of my hard earned cash can, on that. You can trust your friends, uh, which is a safe place to be in, uh, and. I think there's a, there's a number of people outside of the core group that Juna possibly considers her friends. Okay, okay, that's uh, more twenty five pounds worth than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your friends—that's who you can trust. Okay. <laughs> let let us know on the Zoom or listeners if you are happy with that answer from Baby David. <laughs> if you think twenty five pounds worth of flowers deserves more, and, and also let's make a list of who we consider friends. <laughs> you better start thinking. Yeah. Um, but that is all that we've got time for today. Uh, so can I say a very big thank you to all of our patrons and super fans who have joined us in the Zoom today. Thank you, thank everybody. You. Uh, and thank you to everyone who sent in questions. Sorry if we didn't get time to ask yours today, but they, every question that you send in, we add to a list. So uh, next time either of us are in, or even if it's a good one for the group, we do pass it onwards. Don't you worry. Um, you can also email any future questions to nosmallroles at hotmail.com or slide into our DMs on social media, join the conversation on our friendly Discord. Um, yeah, come say hi. I know it's my turn, but I'm trying to find an emoji to re reply to Ross's chat. So his inky, do you trust what I was going to do? Get this <gasps> You can show your support for No Small Roles by leaving us a review on iTunes and Podchaser. You can rate us five stars on Spotify and you can support us on Patreon where we have a range of membership levels. Lovely range. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to plug, Vicky? I do, actually. Oh, what have you got? Um, so hot off the press, me and Ben Galpin are going on tour over Christmas. Whoop, whoop. Original music by Baby David. Costumes by Grace. What's the show, Vicky? What for? A Christmas Carol. The show. <laughs> I'm building up the suspense, boys. Um, it is a Christmas Carol. Open. Wait, uh, retcon. I should know the name of my theatre company. A Christmas Carol by Open Bar Theatre, touring to a Fuller's pub near you if you live in the south of England. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Also, can I plug another thing? Go for it. I've got no plugs, so take my okay. plugs. Um, also, if you haven't checked out the podcast, A Map to You, Life Stories from the Living, um, it mm. is by The Dot Collective. It is an amazing podcast. Um, I'm on it, along with lots of other people, who, including Daryl is in one of the episodes uh, where we have gone into care settings, heard stories from people who are living with dementia, turned them into stories and performed them on the podcast. So, yeah. I'd also like to, it came out a while ago, but if you haven't listened to it, 
This is a, just yeah. another, like, please listen to it. It's fantastic. Ben said bar humbug, but I'm assuming that's to a Christmas carol as Scrooge rather than he's, <laughs> he's not going to listen to this beautiful, lovely podcast that I've just lovely, sorry, Yeah, stories from dementia. <laughs> Uh, no, don't no. want that. Yeah. Get out of it, Ben. <laughs> and Ben has said we can do links in the show notes. Check that out for anything that you're unsure about. They're very good at putting things in the show notes, the editors. Yeah, Thank good. you, Thank editors. You. Thank you, editors. Thank you, producers. Yeah. And so do you, bacons. do you have anything you want to plug? No, I don't. Um, I have no plugs. Christmas Carol. That's I should probably yeah. do some work on that. You should. <laughs> oh, I have <laughs> another plug. <laughs> It's less of a plug. Well, How many I know that this got? isn't coming out today. Is your I'm house just full of more sockets? More plugs than a... Yeah, I'm plugging up like a dam. No, this isn't a plug, but I know this isn't coming out today, but it is my friend Ed's birthday <laughs> and he will be listening. He is a listener to No Small Roles. So I know it's not your actual birthday today, Ed, but happy birthday because we're recording on your birthday. And thanks for listening to the show. Well... And I have another plug. I don't oh, really Get out. I Stop. Oh, I've got to take my flowers. I've got to plant them. I've got to water them. Um, I'm going to steal one of your lines. Um, I think it's time to get ourselves a Twain Tide. So, friends in the Zoom, if you want to join in the traditional sign-off, please unmute yourselves. We'll do a three, two, one, a non for now. I'll count us down. Count us down, mate. All right. Three, two. Okay. Yep. I think there was a bit of a lag, wasn't there? I'll do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going now. Three, two, one. Well done, everybody. Thank you all for joining us. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.